Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. Well, this is an interesting topic. I have a quote from a website called tslmarketing.com. It was a blog that they recently did. Let me read you a little quote. This will set us up for our topic today. Quote, large enterprises spend millions of dollars to create brand identities, the greatest real-life Jedi mind trick of all. I love that part. And then they say, with a focused brand strategy focused on a few key areas, even SMB, that's small to mid-sized business marketers, can help their companies gain ground. Of course, this is Think Big, Work Small, and we're talking about SMBs, SMEs, if you like, small to mid-sized enterprises. So let me give you a little more background on our topic, and then I will introduce our panelists. Creating a strong brand is the foundation to any business's marketing strategy, especially a small to mid-sized company. Well, you may be focusing your energy, your attention, your creativity, your human resources, your monetary resources on a logo. It's wonderful. It's great. It's beautiful. You thought it through. It's terrific. But there's a lot more to creating a brand than just the message, the visual message of your logo. You need to identify why your company offers a unique solution. It's crowded out there. Whatever industry you're in, you need to be unique in some way. You also need to think about who you are targeting or whom you are targeting. Who's your target audience? Who do you want to listen up, to look up, to say, aha, I need what they're selling. That's important. And how do you want your brand to be perceived? That's a wide open opportunity to define yourself. These are the real keys to building your brand. So you might be scratching your head and saying, well, we thought about this. We thought, well, we didn't. Well, maybe a little. Well, where do you start? I have three experts who are going to help us figure this out together. So welcome to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers Radio. We're in season three of this series. It's one of 39 Game Changers series we have here on the Business Channel. So welcome. Let me tell you who my panelists are. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to Erica Hovland. She's the managing director for IOLITE 360, I-O-L-I-T-E 360. All together, she is a returning panelist, and we're thrilled to have her. Coming back also is Lorraine Maurice, Senior Director of Global Indirect Marketing, and she calls herself a modern marketer, in quotes. I love that, Lorraine. Lorraine is the sponsor of this series and a frequent guest on her own series, which I think is wonderful. And then we have a newcomer. It's Maggie Goralska. I'll spell her last name if you want to find her online, G-O-R-A-L-S-K-A. She is a marketing director at SAP. So welcome to my panelists. And now... Now, let's go to the opening quote Erica Hovland has sent us. It's from Franklin Delano Roosevelt, fondly remembered as FDR, 1882 to 1945. He was an American statesman and political leader, 32nd president of the U.S. from 1933 until his death in 45. He won four presidential elections. Very interesting. Here is the quote. 
Are you laboring under the impression that I read these memoranda of yours? I can't even lift them. Erica, I, I can't believe he had such a great sense of humor. How are you, Erica Hovland? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm excited to be back as part of this panel again. We are delighted to have you. So talk to me about this quote. It's, it seems like such a loaded message in here, a lot of sarcasm. What does this have to do with our topic today? Go ahead, Erica. Right. I I love this quote. I just have this um, imagining, you know, FDR is dealing with the New Deal and World War II, and he's got all these memoranda coming in, and he's like, I, I don't have time to read these. <laughs> and we've got this message that's going out with branding that content is king. And so people feel like they need to be writing and writing and writing and writing and communicating and communicating. So we have these long blog posts and we're, we're doing all this communication and who really has time to read it all? And so what can we do to, to be succinct and to communicate in a very pointed and fast way? So this is what appealed to me about that quote. You know, Mark Twain also said, I wrote a long letter because I didn't have time to write a short one. So <laughs> yes. to really write concise messages that are clear and can easily be communicated to somebody like a president, you've got to take a little bit more time to think about what your message is and then craft it in a really concise way. So that's why I picked that quote. Thank you. I love the quote too, Erica. And it makes me think of when I opened, I said all the time and the money and the people and the effort coming up with a logo. Do you think a lot of companies, we're focusing today, of course, think big work, small on mid, small to mid-sized companies. Do you think they think the logo was all they need? Because, hey, Erica, picture is worth a thousand words. You see that letter. You see that, that combination of letter and number or some kind of pictogram with some message underneath it. And you say, oh, I know who they are. I think I want to do business with them. Is the, is the logo all they need? What's your agreement or disagreement with my opening? I find that companies, especially small and mid-sized businesses where you've got a, an owner or a couple of founders that are launching and creating the brand, their energy and emotion gets, it's the most, and I guess it's the first visual that you really have about your brand. So it's super mm-hmm. exciting for them and having a name and you go out and I notice with brands, they'll talk a lot about their, their logo, their name, and it isn't necessarily as relevant to the consumer, but it can be if you're telling a story about it that's a hook that can be interesting and compelling. I do think that many people believe that the logo is the brand, and branding, mm-hmm. of course, as we're going to talk about in this, is, is much bigger and broader, and it has to be really pulled through. Thank you very much. Uh, I was uh, going to early vote yesterday, and I'm in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, Erica, and I went through Research Triangle Park, which is... uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of square feet of buildings. It's off to the side. It's very beautiful. It's a treed area, tree-lined area, and I'm on, on a T.W. Alexander Parkway or Drive that goes through this area. And I saw the name of a company on a big sign off to the right. The sign was leading to their building off the, off the side. And I looked at it, and I had absolutely no idea who they are, what they do. I saw RTP, which I figured out is Research Triangle Park. It said something like, creating ideas for tomorrow and I said to myself what do they do I had absolutely no idea so would you said it's probably a big company and I'm, I'm not I don't remember the name on the sign so I'm not calling them out but would you say that that was just really not enough information for a quick glance to understand who they are what do you think I think it could go either way. You remember it. It stood out. Maybe it would encourage you to start looking them up and trying to figure out what they do. It, 
it might be something that they explain to their customers to make that meaning. It's really hard to communicate what it is that you do and the benefit in just a logo and tagline. And I think that's what what we're indicating. You know, you start Thank out with a you. blank slate when you've got a logo yes. and you're, you've got to assign meaning to your brand and have a lot more communication to really say what you do and why somebody should choose you. Thank you very much. Okay, I feel validated. Lorraine Maurice is up next. Lorraine, I'm walking around the table to you. And Lorraine has selected a quote from Freddie Mercury. I don't think Freddie's ever been on the show, well, for many reasons. His full name, Lorraine, I don't know if you know, is Farouk Bulsara. He lived from 1946 to 1991, very young, known professionally as Freddie Mercury, British singer, songwriter, record producer, and of course, he was the lead vocalist of the rock band Queen, known for his flamboyant stage persona and four-octave vocal range, and he wrote many of the hits for Queen, including Bohemian Rhapsody, Killer Queen, Somebody to Love, that's running around in my head right now, Lorraine, Don't Stop Me Now, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, and the big one, We Are the Champions, so that's pretty much what they said. I love that title. So here is the quote Lorraine has selected from the late Freddie Mercury. The reason we're successful, darling, my overall charisma, of course. Lorraine, welcome back. How are you? I am amazing, Bonnie, and <laughs> I just have to smile when I, I hear the quote and uh, picture uh, Freddie Mercury uh, saying it because he was definitely full of charisma, that's for sure. So talk to me about how that relates to charisma. I know there's a tongue-in-cheek background to why you picked that sure. that quote for our show sure. today. Tell me why. Uh, Go ahead. Sure. I was really lucky, and I saw a preview to the movie that just is released today called Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. And I'll admit it that I was in the age group um, that was where Queen was very popular, so I was thrilled to see it. But because I can't get marketing out of my head, even in my personal life, I viewed the movie from a branding perspective as well. Of course you did. (laughs) They truly, and Freddie as a leader in doing this, truly branded Queen, you know, using, you know, his flamboyance and and persona. And even though there was, everybody contributed, which is another great point in marketing is that it takes, you know, a team it takes a full orchestra. Um, Freddie definitely con- conducted how their brand worked. And when you talk about brand and you talk about, you know, the charisma of it, it really is about a compelling attractiveness that, you, that inspires others, right? And it's, this inspires others to be devoted to you. And that's what we're trying to do in business as well. Very interesting. Do you think it's easier for a rock band to develop that identity, the brand identity with everything you go on stage? It's how you sound. It's what you wear. It's how loud you are. It's the quality of your singers and your instruments. And it's today the light show and how well you pack a stadium. It's really a brand identity that is right there in your face instantly, isn't it, Lorraine? Versus a company that has to tell you or show you what they do. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And it does take all, you know, all the things you mentioned in our world is part of the marketing mix. So the brand, you know, includes all of those different tactics and aspects. And if you look at, you know, well-known artists that were were branded, I mean, you can look at the Beatles and their transformation and the different brand that they brought about from their music or a Madonna, you know, take any artist, even today's artists like, you know, a Beyonce, they all have a brand. And, and the brand it was related to several things, not only, you know, 
their their lyrics, their their musical selection, the dancers they show, you know, it, and and in marketing, mm-hmm. it's it's your website, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's the the people you hire, it's your blogs, it all ties in together. Absolutely, very well put. It, I'm, I'm thinking, Lorraine, if if small and mid sized companies came out of the box kicking and screaming like a rock group and they said this is pretend we're on the stage what do we want people to think when they see us when they hear us when they feel our message if they constructed their brand identity like a rock band they would have everything included would they Lorraine that's the whole package what do you see what do you hear what do you feel what do you think right there in front of you hmm no, that, that's an excellent point. And then, uh, Bonnie, just to take it one more step, mm-hmm. this also allows this branding and the world of digital and social marketing allows a small and medium business um, to compete like a rock star and to be viewed like a rock star because the tools are available to them um, to, to look and feel. A consumer, with the exception of a big brand like an Apple you know, or an AT&T, you know, brands like that, consumers don't know, you know, they see, they feel. And so with, you know, digital and social tools, uh, a small business can be a rock star. You know what, Lorraine? We named this episode SMBs, How to Build Your Standout Brand. We should have called it, or we can now, Build Your Brand Like a Rock Star. What do you think? (laughs) I I love it. And as you can tell, music (laughs) is a passion, so I'm right in there with you. I can tell. I'm going to try and go see the movie, too. Thank you, Lorraine. Wonderful to have you back. And now let's go around the table to our newcomer, Maggie Goralska. And Maggie has sent us a wonderful quote. I haven't heard this one before, Maggie. And it's a quote from Mark Twain. He lived from 1835 to 1910. His real name was Samuel Langhorne Clemens, American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. And his most famous novels include The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, 1876, and its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, 1885. That's where we got the term, the great American novel. And I have a feeling, to addressing this quickly to all three of our panelists, that some companies' marketing plans probably read like the great American novel, very all over the place. So let's see what the quote is from Mark Twain. Here we go. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Maggie, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be as a newcomer on this radio show. Uh, So thank you for having me. Delighted. um, uh, Yeah, I'd love the quote from Erica and Lorraine. I'm also a big fan of uh, Freddie and uh, Queen. So it's also my game, my music, and I think the, the passion that comes out of uh, for uh, musicians that turns them into megastars is uh, a really good point to, uh, to discuss here. Uh, so my quote actually comes also from the perspective of looking at the uh, situation of the small, mid-sized businesses um, as, I think, actually S should stand for smart uh, rather than for small. Um, and that's uh, why I thought this quote will be relevant. Um, you need to be smart, you need to have a, an edgy character, you need to have the passion to just go through and make a point and stand out from uh, the sea of other uh, businesses and entrepreneurs that are also trying to be noticed and being relevant. So this is why I thought it um, really connects and it, it reflects the spirit that is needed within the SMB or SME company to um, 
come to the surface, to get established, to have a recognizable brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can go into the uh, what are the elements of it and all the rest of it. But I think it starts with the, with a character. So you've got to really have that the edgy uh, passion for the fight and making sure you, you come through, you come to the surface, you come to the full uh, ground of the uh, of the competitors, and you bring something that is really valuable to the market. So that's why I choose that one. Thank you. I love the quote. And Maggie, I do five, six radio shows a week. Think of this three panelists per show. That's 15 quotes a week. And Mark Twain is very popular. I'd say in the top, maybe the top five to eight people quoted on all of our Game Changer shows. So I was really happy that you picked a quote I hadn't heard before because I like to learn more about <laughs> the sources of our quotes. So I thank you for that. When when I read this quote, Maggie, it makes me think of the size of the fight. I'm thinking, uh, I'm picturing a startup team or a team of a small company that really hasn't quite identified what they do yet. They're still struggling. I'm picturing this team sitting around the table. I'm picturing some energy drinks. And I'm thinking somebody saying, okay, let's look outside. Let's look inside. Let's see what we really want to be. How can we be that rock star? We may be small, but we're mighty. We may not have a lot of people, a lot of money, but we've got passion. We've got energy. We've got the pizzazz, the drive, and the will, and the want to do it. So is that the size of the fight in the dog that I just described? Uh, very much so. So I think that being smart uh, in the small company is really to be educated, uh, selective, and there is just no space for so, uh, what we call cowboy marketing. Like, let's go and shoot and then try and uh, try and fly. It's, it's just not working. So it's got to be uh, something that is um, uh, really well thought through, precise, uh, and uh, with passion, of course, but it's the knowledge. This is what I think the SME mm-hmm. uh, market is really challenging for all the players there because you just need to be an expert in every possible discipline of marketing and, and advertising. You've got to be good in digital, in social, in online, in blogging, in chatting. You've got to do your value proposition. You will never have the budget to cover everything that you want. Um, it's just uh, how the business is. So it's got to be very selective, you've got to plan for your success. Um, and um, from the statistics that we're seeing, it's like about uh, 90% of all the startup companies fail to make it um, success on the market just because they never hire marketeers. It's usually mm-hmm. someone who's coming with an idea and a passion to develop something, but then all the money spent to actually get something as a product or a service developed, but then there is no funds left for specialists to come over and join the team and help them to get it out to the market uh, and be the expert uh, who can guide them through this. So this is where I think uh, marketing is crucial, uh, especially for SMEs and the communication, just to make sure it gets through. uh, uh, The whole team actually works together towards one goal that is articulated, that is uh, fitting on strategy, uh, and that is quite selective, as I said. You can't do everything. There's just no way. The budget is never there to cover everything. Um, so that's, that's why I thought that the quote fits well. <laughs> 
It's it's a great quote. It's absolutely great. It's going to go up with one of my favorites, I think. I love it. And it applies to so many topics. Thank you, Maggie. Pleasure to know you. And now let's go around the table and briefly meet our panelists a little more up close and personal. And I have to tell you three on the panel that you each sent me, as you know, you sent me a, a PR photo or just a portrait of yourselves. I have your three smiling, very engaging pictures here in my notes. So when I speak with you on the radio, I'm talking to a person because I can see you in your picture. But I would have to say that the three of you have a picture that conveys your brand. And that, Lorraine, it, it's interesting. A lot of people don't realize that when they send a photo to the media, and this is media basically, the photo is their brand, isn't it, Lorraine? That that encapsulates Darling, who you it's all about my personal career. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lorraine. I appreciate that. I was just thinking about it. So, Erica Hovland, you're up first. Three little questions, Erica. Number one, where in the world are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to be your own unique brand? And number three, just catch us up a little bit on what you do at IOLite 360. Erica, you're up. Great. So I'm in Philadelphia in my little work studio, which is nice high ceilings, open air, good space to think. My favorite drink I'm actually drinking right now, I made a turmeric ginger milk tea. It's like a healing tea with cinnamon and cloves and turmeric and black pepper and some ginger tea from Embassy House teas that I infused in it to give it a little extra flavor. And we're talking about branding, so mm-hmm. I'd like to just briefly share our IOA 360 brand. We named our company, or I named initially named, I launched the company and brought in a partner, but I named it after a gemstone that was used by Norwegian sailors who were going out on new ventures. And the stone, actually, when you cut it, it has multiple different colors, and it was used by these sailors when they were navigating off into new ventures and new lands and it requires expertise to cut it and it, it, it was a, it's a guiding stone. So I named the company because this is what we do is we guide brands and we do brand building and we help people who are interested in growing their companies find these new shores. We call it bringing uh, brands from origin to destiny. And the personal attachment to the brand is the fact that my grandfather was had a rock shop and he would go rock hunting and then find stones and carve them. And I would watch him just uncover this brilliance in these ugly stones and he would make them just shine and there was just beautiful, beautiful things. And I grew up seeing that. And so there's that personal attachment and feeling like I'm carrying on his legacy, but in a different way. And you don't need to know any of that story in order to understand our brand, when you come to our website, what you see is that we do brand building and transitioning for mission-inspired brands. So we're looking at connecting revenues with value and purpose and doing brand launch or brand building or brand transitioning, sometimes called repositioning, to help brands do good, feel good, be good, and really get better. And so you, the the point that I'm making is that sometimes the brand story becomes personal, sometimes it becomes shareable, Mm -hmm. sometimes it just is being built in order to try to attract like-minded customers so that you're attracting your target market. And so uh, that's, that's what we're trying to illustrate with that. 
That's what I'm trying to illustrate. Thank you so much. I looked up Iolite. I don't know if we've if I've learned this from you before. If I did, I I feel like it's refreshed and again I'm enjoying the story. Cordurite or Iolite is a magnesium iron aluminum cyclosilicate. Iron is almost always present and a solid solution exists. And the formula is MGFE two AI three to FEMGAI3, and you can look it up on Wikipedia. Fascinating. Like a crisp, dark winter sky, Iolite in shifting shades of violet blue carries the spirit of journey, of dreams, and intuition of exploration and illumination. Erica, that is so beautiful. It's just, just absolutely beautiful. And I also looked up your uh, your drink, and turmeric ginger milk tea does exist. If you Google it, it's on Epicurious, and they say you whisk coconut milk, cinnamon, turmeric, ginger, honey, coconut oil, peppercorns, and one cup of water in a saucepan. Bring to a low boil. Reduce heat. Simmer until the flavors have melded. Ten minutes. Strain through a fine mesh sieve into mugs and top with a dash of cinnamon. Does that sound right? Yes, I do it with almond milk or regular milk, and I do maple syrup instead of uh, honey. But yeah, basically around that. Oh, that sounds add good. And mix and change, and it's the weight of the, the simmering, kind of the smell, and, and waiting for it, which is actually where you you build your anticipation and you get your payoff, and that's fun. I'm going to try that. Thank you so much. I feel so much smarter now. I appreciate that. Lorraine Maurice going around the table to you. Where are you today, Lorraine? What drink is powering you to smile like you do in your brand photo? And what have you been up to at SAP? Lorraine? So I am in Atlanta, Georgia, and we uh, were lucky enough to have a beautiful day yesterday for those that celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the storm is rolling in, so we're getting ready. And I am drinking what, a spinach mango smoothie made with mm. a dash of pineapple juice and a little bit of water. And you basically get your, your three of your five servings of vegetables in in one shot. <laughs> vegetables. Wow. So it's always a good drink for me. And do you use spinach or kale? I know there's an option to the, the pineapple mango green smoothie, their option and what I'm looking at here on uh, two peas and their pod.com. Their recipe calls for either two cups of fresh spinach or kale. What's your preference? I, I prefer the spinach, but what I'll do is, is I'll hide the kale in the spinach. So I, I get a little bit of both. Okay. Interesting. I like it. Very interesting. And what have you been up to? Well, what I think is interesting is that is important for everybody and yesterday on our all hands marketing call our CMO shared that we as an organization and meaning everyone need to be aware of our brand and listen to our training understand how to position it so from my perspective I'm you know working on how to transition our brand into the messaging and audience work that I do with our, you know, partner organization, which is a representative of our sales team. But I guess the biggest point is that, like marketing in today's world, is everybody's job. Um, Brand Mm -hmm. is everybody's job. And so it's important that whether it's the cashier in a retail environment or it's your account finance person, um, everybody needs to understand the brand because every individual meets with people at some point in their life. It doesn't have to be during the nine to five work workspace. 
Thank you very much, Lorraine. Pleasure. to. Oh, I always learn so much from you. Such great insights. Thank you very much. And now let's go to our newcomer, Maggie. Maggie, you're not a newcomer anymore. You've been on the radio a half hour with us, so you're not a newcomer. <laughs> Maggie Goralska, but this is the first time we're hearing who you are. Let's phrase it that way. Maggie Goralska, where are you in the world today? What do you love to drink and what do you do? Uh, yeah, so often I'm probably in a slightly different location to where you are, ladies, uh, but it's a global world. I'm south of Germany, in today in the city of Augsburg, which is uh, not far from Munich, if the um, German geography is telling you something. I live, uh, I'm actually visiting my two girls who are uh, studying here in Augsburg, they're students, uh, but then I live in Stuttgart, which is also south of Germany. However, my working place is Baldur, so uh, I get to it in a minute when I uh, talk what I'm doing. My favorite drink is um, very simple, as I'm a simple person, um, and uh, um, Earl Grey tea, freshly brewed in a fine bone china, sort of like a see-through cup uh, with a nice, fragrant, delicate coming through it. Uh, and it can come in the morning, during the day, at noon, in the evening, every time is good. When it's sunny sky with it, like a nice, beautiful sunny day, like what we have today, um, even better. Uh, but that's uh, the drink that uh, I can drink any time of the day. Always feel happy about um, having it next to me. And the cup is really important because it tastes much better when it is in this thin porcelain C3 uh, nice fine bone uh, china cup so that's the combination of a drink and how it is served um, what I do I'm working together with Lorraine in uh, um, marketing for SAP uh, I do actually look after partners and the generation for partners in our macro region so Europe uh, Middle East and Africa uh, and I, I'm also a passionate marketeer from the um, uh, as a person, like a, uh, an individual. Um, so it's a good combination to, to do it uh, in the job and also um, making observations in my private life. Uh, I like how uh, SAP is uh, using a brand as a part of their holistic uh, approach. Uh, so I have a privilege to work in the headquarters of the company in Waldorf, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, not far from uh, Frankfurt. And it's, uh, it's like a high-tech campus uh, made of 20-plus now, I think even 40 buildings, uh, very modern glass and aluminium and high-tech technology. And all around us are kind of like uh, forests and fields of asparagus, as this is an asparagus uh, area where, um, what is it famous for? Uh, so always from April onwards, we have the uh, high asparagus season. Um, but then I always have a, a great kick and fun having colleagues or friends or even family members to give them a, a guided tour around the campus. Mm. Uh, and I take them to the places where we drink coffee and they specially designed. They're part of the overall SAP brand perceptions and brand experience. So you can see nicely designed lamps and places to sit and uh, the interior and the exterior of the whole campus is really made to stand up to the brand, so innovation, technology, mm. uh, and a blend of uh, human skills and talents with the innovation and technology. And you can see it when you walk around the buildings. We have uh, one connecting bridge between the two buildings uh, crossing the street. 
where you can just walk in here to music, so every step uh, is triggering a little music sound. Um, so little things like those make you experience and touch the brand in a, on a different level, and that's what I really appreciate in my work as well. Thank you, Maggie. I've never heard it said quite that way. You made it so charming that the whole layout, the complex, the music, the all of the, the sensory experiences go to support the brand. I appreciate that. I'm just so going to... Yeah, sure, Lorraine. Go ahead. If, if you don't mind if I jump in, what I, what I think is fascinating listening to um, the other very smart ladies on this call is that really it's it's brand that makes us who we are and, and, and kind of pushes us to do the things we do. And I think that, you know, if we were to realize that if you're personal entrepreneur, ask your, you know, your personal board of directors or your family, ask them about brands and find those brands that attract you. And that really would work with, you know, help you in establishing how you want to be perceived. So I just found it fascinating, you know, how Erica built her brand and, and Maggie's conversation about, you know, the, choosing the coffee shop. So um, it, it, brand is not difficult. It's actually something personal and you need to start with the person. Thank you very much, Lorraine. I, I love it when you chime in because you always add so much value to the conversation. And I'm just going to do a pitch here to you. I hope you renew for next year. We'd love to have more of this, more of these insights because we don't do it quite this way on our other series, which are more strategy of, of in terms of supply chain, in terms of technology. This is more on the people side, and I like that. So thank you, Lorraine. I'm just going to say I'm here in Durham, North Carolina, as I already mentioned. I'm drinking cool, clear water because Maggie doesn't know me well. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and I think you figured out why by now. And we were going to take a break, but I think I'm looking at the clock now, and and we don't have that much time left, so I want to just do a deeper dive into our topic. And if you're just joining us, very late, I must say, our topic is SMBs, that's small to mid-sized businesses, how to build your standout brand. And while we were on the air in the first half, I think we we casually decided we're renaming it how to build your rock star brand, and that's what we're talking about. What's in the brand? It's more than the logo. How do you stand out in a crowded space? Are you unique? How can you express that through your words, through your people, through the pictures in your logo, whatever your logo represents, make it clear, make it relatable, make it something that people will say, ah, I know who they are, I know what they do. So we're going to be looking right now at the roundtable statements and notes my panelists sent me before the show. And I'm looking at yours, Erica. Let's see if we can pick one quickly where we want to go. Uh, oh, here's an interesting one. Okay. I'm looking at your second statement here, Erica. Uh, your first one, I'll just mention, your brand should be like a fingerprint distinct from everybody else. I think we've established that. But the second one is interesting. You say, when you change your brand logo, tagline, colors, or advertising messages frequently, you send the message, you can't trust us. This is fascinating. Erica, tell us more, please. Sure. And, you know, it's intentionally, the trust is something that most, if not all, companies want to build with their customers because it is how you attract a relationship and turn a transaction into an interaction and build that relationship. And sometimes what will happen is we get burned out on having the same logo or the same tagline or the same colors, Mm -hmm. and there's this itchiness to change or maybe not even an understanding about how important consistency is. 
but the receiver of your messages don't really understand what they're getting and they don't understand or know your brand. They don't live it like you live your brand. So Lorraine was talking about branding as being very personal. It would be like if you changed your haircut every day or you sometimes look like you are goth and other times you look like you are hippie. You know, there's just this, wait, who, who are you? What am I getting? And even though people like variety, they also like consistency. And when it comes to branding, consistency is extremely important. And this is even more important with small and mid-sized businesses because those huge budgets that you were talking about that companies will spend mm-hmm. on developing logos and branding where they've got millions of dollars to spend on branding like a Coca-Cola. When you're a smaller mid-sized business, your budget is quite a bit smaller than that. And so it becomes even more critical to pay attention to all those little details. And even like every single interaction with a customer is an opportunity to build your brand and to reinforce it and to get people comfortable with your brand, even an email signature. And so if you want to optimize your budget and if you want to optimize your impact and your ability to build those relationships, just be absolutely consistent and take that time to make sure it's the exact same shade of color on your email marketing header, in your website, you know, in every single place that you might have uh, colors and same thing. Look up what your tagline is if you don't have it memorized Spend that extra second to make sure that your tagline on your email is the same thing as it is on your website and all the other touch points that you've got with your customers. Thank you, Erica. That's so important. I don't think we've ever talked about that aspect of branding before. Lorraine, chime in. Agree or disagree with Erica? What do you think? No, I I agree totally with Erica. And, you know, we talk a lot about trust on these calls and, you know, people become trust you because of your brand because your brand is the promise that you're delivering to them so if they get confused about who you are or what you're delivering you're going to lose you know the loyalty that you have from your customers or your advocates and remember you know that the message about you and your business is communicated by many and so if the message gets convoluted because the brand has changed, um, you're going to lose those advocates that are, are helping promote your business that you may not even know about. So I think that keeping to the promise, so changing a color, you know, changing, you know, uh, we change our taglines, um, not frequently, but every so often, but it, it still goes back to the, the promise that we're making to our customer and what they what they know and can expect to receive from us. So I think that that's what people need to keep in mind, um, and and be cautious about it. If you're trying, if you're changing your brand, sorry, I'm I'm all of a sudden I just thought of this is why are you changing your brand? Mm-hmm. And if you're changing your brand because your business isn't where it needs to be, that's not a branding issue. That's that's a whole another issue. So that's well, those are the things. You. Is keep consistent, keep your promise. And make changes that are necessary, not just for the the sake of change. Uh, Lorraine, I work for a very large bank that's still around, but it's been through all kinds of mergers over the years. It was it was huge, and I worked downtown Manhattan for them for several years in the in one of their many global marketing departments. And um, I remember they kept changing. We get a new brand book. Oh, every year or so. And it would say, okay, it's no longer blue and gold. It's gold and blue or it's black and gray or it's 
charcoal and gold or yellow and it kept changing and there was a local branch of the bank near where I lived and I could always tell when the brand change had gone into effect because when I drove by the sign outside the bank had changed I said oh that's what we're doing this month it was they just felt the need I'm not going to name it but over and over and over again over the years I think it was even red and blue at one point complete change so really good question to think Sorry, I bet if we did a survey, people would think you are familiar with the bank, but I bet if we did a survey of the, the, the people driving by, they would have thought it was a new, a new company, a new branch every time. I think so. I think so, and I can't imagine why, but they just felt that incredible need, and when the book came out, it was like, oh, you can't put anything for 22% around the border of the logo. It can encroach, and you can only use certain fonts, and you can only use this drop. Sh- you know how it goes. It, it just big corporate brand books are amazing. Maggie, love to get your thoughts on this. Agree or disagree with changing? What do you think? Oh, uh, I very much agree as much as I would like to have a bit of a controversy here. But I think when it comes into brand, it's really like, uh, especially now these days in the digital world, it's more like a digital ID of the mm-hmm. company. So this is how people connect, perceive, and uh, understand the brand. What what value does it bring? What can it do for me? Um, so once it is established and people recognize it as your, like your neighbor or your friend, um, you know who the person is, how it looks, uh, what does it bring to you, uh, why do you interact um, when it is all kind of like on a flip of a coin change all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's not like changing a hairstyle from one day to another. It, it could be still the same person. So little um, lift to the looks, um, make it a bit more contemporary. That's all fine, but they need to be very subtle uh, when it comes into sort of like the core uh, pieces of the brand, like the, the real value of it, what is the, the core meaning of this. I think that should be untouched completely locked when it is fitting with the market, with the uh, positioning, when the customers do understand it, it just shouldn't be touched. It's the one, the only thing that should not be really changed much. So I, I do agree with all um, what Lorraine and um, uh, Erica said and also your comments, uh, um, uh, uh, Bonnie, as well. So it's, it's, it can't be controversial here as much as I would like to. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I'm thinking, ladies, of another bank I worked for that actually hired a branding company. And they're no longer a business, so I'll mention them. It was called Savings Banks Trust Company, created in the 1930s, mid-30s, after the the crash, actually the late 30s, after the, the crash of the stock market. And it, we did uh, back office functions for the savings banks all over New York State. We had a vault on Wall Street, took care of, handled their stocks, their securities, uh, did check processing, and, and everything was in the background. It was a bank's bank. It wasn't a consumer bank. And I remember they hired a company. I was, I was, there, I was their marketing department at one point and they hired a company and the company put heads down and took the money and said okay we're going to come up with a completely different name for the bank and they changed it to Nationar N-A-T-I-O-N-A-R nobody had a clue what it meant what did it have to do with banking? What did it have to do with New York State? What did it have to do with savings banks? Absolutely nothing. And we had to live with that brand. And there were a couple of blue lines underneath the name, which was in italics. Nobody knew. They explained it. Nobody knew what it meant. So I'm just going to leave that on the table. There, there was 
let's just say they went out of business a long time ago, long after I had left. But anyway, it was just fascinating that a branding company, Lorraine, I'm sure you're just bubbling up with something to say. Lorraine, you have a quick comment on that? Uh, I don't. I think you're, that, that your description tells it all. I mean, you know, <laughs> they all, uh, I like to go back I to the have a nice example. Uh, go ahead, Maggie. Uh, company, I forgot the name of it, but I think it was a, a company producing just fruit juice. And uh, they hired a specialized um, uh, agency for uh, refresh on the blending. Uh, and they've done, like, complete remake of the look, the colors, the packaging of the, uh, of the product. And it was a complete flop. So they, yeah. they just couldn't sell uh, the product at the same uh, level as they used to. They had to um, get back to what it, where it were before as the customers were completely lost. They didn't know what is it and uh, is it the same company or a different company or maybe a sub-brand of it. Uh, it was just a, a total disaster. Yep, so it, it, it happens. It could not be overdone. Yep, and it it happens when you bring in people who don't know what your brand is, and that leads me to a very interesting comment here. Lorraine, I'm looking at your notes, and two things. You say, when customers connect emotively, I assume that that's the word emotion in a different frame, because they share the same values and beliefs of a brand, it leads to higher sales and better brand differentiation. I'm going to add one more to that, Lorraine, let you explain both, please. Building brand personality can be a mix of intended traits and expected traits. Can we put those two together, Lorraine? Yes, we can. And, 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 and those are really good to go together. Um, I go back to the word and you used it as well. It, it, it's personal. So, and also I'll add in even another one. It's really about your, your distinctive identity because the value that you bring to your customer is part of your promise and expectation and if that meets your customer's need or solves a problem for them or helps them in some way, then they will connect to you because you become part of who they are and part of their business. And so by being able to showcase that in, you know, your look, your feel, your, your logo, your words, um, that, that's all part of that process by creating that trust, that advocacy and loyalty um, through this communication of value. And, and, the, and, not, and the value really is about what you do for somebody because that's the reason we buy, right? You know, we buy, um, I'm in Atlanta, so I'll pick a, a Coke. You know, you buy a Diet Coke because, you know, you're true and loyal to Atlanta and you're true and loyal to companies that provide jobs in Atlanta. And, you know, those are little distinctive things that, that can come out. And that's a big company. But I know there's a, a book called um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff that mm-hmm. I read several years ago. And one of the things they said that would make life easier was finding your a local dry cleaner and staying consistent, finding your local coffee shop and staying consistent, and, and, and so on. And I did that. And what I found was that the brand and the value that those companies brought to me provided a value to me. And I was able to trust them that my clothes would be ready on time. Um, I was able to know how long it took to get my coffee and if I'd make it to work on time based on who they were and based on the, the promise that they made to me when I researched them. So it does go back to having an emotional context, connection because it impacts what you're trying to accomplish. 
Thank you, Lorraine. Very articulate as always. Maggie, go ahead. I want to hear you. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to say it's super important for small business because that's the business that is not having a global reach, but it's the business that operates usually in your area. So it connects to you. It's got like a special meaning and you feel good supporting the local businesses that way. So you also have a connection to it. So I think here is um, uh, an opportunity for SMEs to be able to articulate uh, how special they are, how maybe edgy sometimes, but what is that value that they bring to you um, in the context of the local environment? I, I think it's super, super important. Thank you very much. Erica, join us. Thoughts, please. Yes, I think that it's very important when you're building your brand to be communicating what your promise is. So if we, for example, just looked at home safety systems, or home security providers, you expect people to be talking about safety, and that's important. And I think, Lorraine, where you were going, too, is it's also important to differentiate and say that you're doing something a little bit different or connecting in a, in a different way. I just had gotten an email a couple days ago from a company called Simply Safe, and the title of the email was, We Move Slow. And what they, when you read the content, they had come out with an upgraded system but they're saying that they spent a lot of time getting the experience right. So they're in this above and beyond space saying, yes, we provide home security, and they went on to talk about the importance of security, but it was also about we care about your experience. And to me, when I'm looking at these brands, it's easy to say, well, I'm in home security, so I have to talk about safety. It's harder to say I'm in this market, I have to talk about safety and what else do people want or need and how can I be different? And one of the things that really works is when you look at all the things that your competitors are saying and compare like column to column, like they're saying safety, we're saying safety. Okay. What are they not saying? What could we say to help you figure out those points of differentiation? And I think that's how those small local businesses are going to survive and pull, you know, to to continue to build those really, you're just centering on these relationships. And I think with small and mid-sized businesses, that customer relationship and that human-centric connection is absolutely critical. Thank you, Erica. You know what, ladies, we're already into our crystal ball predictions, Rana, because I didn't get to pick something from Maggie's list. Maggie, I'm just going to do a quick summary, and I'm going to have you do your prediction first, and I'll give you 90 seconds, a little more time. The other ladies will have 60. Maggie says on our topic of building your standout brand, it's in the value. The value plus mindset will ensure satisfied customers. It's in being original. We've talked about that. It's the personality of your brand. It's in consistency and delivering on the promise. It's understanding your target audiences, and it's in the holistic approach and the looks. It's like dating. First impressions can't be changed. Maggie, that was a gem. Maggie, why don't you give us your prediction first for what will change for brands for SMBs in the next, uh, I don't know, let's say up to 2025, if you want to go that far out. Maggie, 90 seconds, all yours. Okay, thank you. Well, that's a tough one. Uh, but I do think that with the trends um, uh, now, uh, with uh, being very social, very connected, it's really a place for uh, SMEs where they can show the passion, they can show the individualistic approach to brands, so really articulate how special they are or how they stand out from the, the rest. I think smartness is um, uh, is going to win. So those who will be... Um, 
educated, selected, and also looking at all possible channels and where they can get the, the best uh, win in terms of the um, brand build, perception, recognition, uh, that's going to be key. Um, and again, it's in uh, how do I connect to my uh, customers? Who are my customers? So all that knowledge is super important, uh, more important than ever, uh, to know who is exactly I would like to get in touch with with my product service, um, so for whom I'm bringing, building that brand. Um, and also I think personalization and the human uh, aspect to it are going to be the winners as people are so um, um, flooded with uh, all different technologies, uh, but then uh, there is kind of like a flip of the coin. So what's in it for me? So who is actually addressing me by first name when writing letters to me or offers? Uh, who knows that I live here and uh, I'm just, uh, I don't know, uh, searching for something new for my flat or uh, my kids are out of the university so they might need a new insurance. If someone comes over and knows that and is approaching me uh, in, a, in a way that uh, uh, it is uh, to me as an individual, uh, I think I'm going to remember that brand more than uh, all the others that will just uh, send a letter to my dear Sarah or madam. Um, so I think this is where the, the future goes. It's, it's uh, for sure the passion, but it's more like uh, how do I personally get engaged with my customers, uh, how much I know about them, uh, how much Thank you, my, Maggie. Sort of Thank you, Maggie. I've got, I've got a little more than 90 seconds left till we have to close the show, so I oh, want to make sure okay. we get a... <laughs> no, you, we love we love to hear what you have to say. Very, very bright, very savvy. Erica Hovland, I can give you 45 seconds. Go ahead real fast. What's your prediction, please? I think that people are starting to get a little overwhelmed by the constant pace of change and that brands that can deliver simplicity and consistency. So you don't have to have this steep learning curve all the time that they take that personalization that Maggie was talking about and deliver these you get me moments and say, okay, I'm going to go with a company that gets me and I'm not going to constantly be overwhelmed by change. Like I can learn this and, and use their product and I think those companies will win. Thank you. Lorraine, two sentences, prediction. I got a wrap. Go ahead, Lorraine. I think it's personalization, as Maggie said, human touch, and make sure it's easy um, to read and know in a digital environment. Thank you very much, ladies. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to just close and say thank you also to Brittany Goh for helping to put the show together. Brittany, you do a great job in the background working with Lorraine. We really appreciate it and value you. And thank you to Aaron and the Business Channel team for getting us on the air and keeping us there. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt, whatever brand it is. Who looks at the brand of a seatbelt? I don't know. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Erica Hovland at IOLite 360, just like Lorraine Maurice at SAP, and just like Maggie Gorowska at SAP. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.